Hello and welcome to the Amateur Austenite. My name is Frances Duncan. I am an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My co-host is my friend Chan. Hello. And today we are discussing the 2007 adaptation of Mansfield Park with Billy Piper as Fanny Price. I believe I called her Billy Price while we were watching it. I think they made some cost-saving measures. Only using one shooting location. Agreed. Fanny does not go to Portsmouth. She stays at Mansfield when they go to visit Lady Bertram's mother, who doesn't exist in the book. As you pointed out, everybody has a mother at some point. They also cut Susan and Mr. Yates. And because there's no Mr. Yates, Julia's role is a lot smaller. Choosing to have the ball as a picnic instead also cut a lot of costs. They tried to put a lot of scenes outside, which is lovely, and but also they're probably using less lights than they would have needed to inside, and they had less extras. I wonder whether it was also to reflect... Fanny's love of nature. Yes. Fanny does love nature, and that's one of the wonderful things also, that at the end she and Edmund come together in the garden. Yes. So there's a theme there. One of the challenges when one watches an adaptation is that you inevitably compare it with the book, which we've done. But there's only so much that can be done in an hour and a half. So then it's really important to see what have they kept in and what have they omitted And it's not just so much things like key characters or places. It's have they kept the underlying feel for the main characters. So I think Billy Piper actually makes a very good Fanny. I was surprised. She is stronger than I expect Fanny to be. She is a good Fanny. Some of the adaptations we've seen there have made Fanny a little bit wimpish. I liked Edmund in this. He was less of a wimp. Mm. Billy Piper's hair bothered me, though. Yes. The blonde is very unnatural. You can see her roots. And it's down. Why is her hair down? Her hair would be down until she was fully out. But she had but her coming out. But now she's coming out, and her hair should have been up. Yes. So there's little irritating things like that, but one could argue there's a few other things which are probably a little bit more dramatic. There was a number of scenes in her bedroom and his bedroom that were... Very inappropriate. Now, it's appropriate to have scenes in Tom's bedroom when he's sick. sick. In the book, Fanny has the East Room so people can come and visit her there. And that's fine. It's not her bedroom. But Sir Thomas and Edmund both visit her in her bedroom and that does not feel okay. It would have been fine as a younger girl, as a younger child. But now, because she's out, it does seem wrong. We were talking about it as we watched it, that they are a very handsome family. They are. All of them are attractive. Even Mrs. Norris is quite attractive, and I really like the way she wears her caps. And I noticed later in the movie that Lady Bertram does the same, like they've got like a bit of a buff here, and then the cap sits on top of it, and it's really quite attractive. But yeah, Mrs. Norris is attractive, surprisingly. Still a bitch. Now, they got married young, Lady Bertram did. If you think about it, she's only going to be in her mid-40s. They got rid of Mr. Norris. We didn't even think about it. I mean, he barely appears, but he is in the start of the novel. Yes. So, well, let's be honest. They skipped pretty well straight to the play, didn't they? There wasn't a lot of... We commented a lot about how quick it was. We're like, oh, they're talking about a play. Oh, they're rehearsing for the play. Oh, Sir Thomas is here. Bang, bang, bang. Um, It did feel strange initially without Mr. Yates, but I thought they did quite well in putting Mr. Yates' words in Mr. Rushworth's mouth. And he wasn't as ridiculous as... And he was reasonably attractive too. I did want to smack him twice. Oh, yes. 
Uh, when he first appeared, he did an obnoxious clapping for the Miss Bertram's piano playing. And then he bowed when Mrs. Norris referred to his brilliant match with Mariah. That actually is the polite thing to do. Maybe it was the way he did it. Uh, that was the way he did it, yes. Because he's very, yes, I know, I'm so great. And no Mrs. Rushworth Senior? No. No visit to... Except he went to Bath. We hear about him we going to Bath. We do but we don't have to meet her. We don't meet her. We, we don't but have we don't to even, meet her. But we don't even go to Rushworth. Everything is in Mansfield Park, which considering the title is Mansfield Park, it actually is kind of fitting. Yeah. I noticed that Fanny tended to be in darker colours and more simpler dresses. Oh, yes. Which also, she would be getting her cousin's hand-me-downs, I would assume. Probably, but again, she's out and about in the country much more. I noticed there was a bit of pattern of red when it came to the Crawfords, particularly when they first turned up. Miss Crawford's wearing a red dress and has a red umbrella and Mr. Crawford's waistcoat has bits of red in it. She wears very strong colours, which is what you can do as an older woman. The younger you are, you have to wear much lighter colours. So that's why the Bertrams were all in white or light colours. Into Mariah got married and then I think she was in a dark blue. We were also talking about Mr. Crawford, that he's not plain. And I couldn't figure out whether he was as hot as Tom until I saw them on screen together, and I agreed with you that Tom is actually hotter. (laughs) But he cannot flirt like Mr. Crawford can. No, Tom is typical rugby racing beer kiwi. (laughs) (laughs) The very first scene when the Bertrams meet the Crawfords, so much happens. Mm. Mr. Crawford is eye-fucking both Julia and Mariah. And then Miss Crawford shows her ankle. Blatantly. Yes. They go all in. They're very aware that Mariah is bitchy because her mother says to Fanny, take her my umbrella. We know what she's going to be like if she gets a headache. At their very first meeting, Miss Crawford finds out that Edmund's going to be a clergyman and straight away starts asking him if he wants to change his profession. I think it made more sense in the book for her to become enamoured with him first. The film showed her being attracted to him. It was the consequence that they had to sort of very quickly compress some things. Maybe there was a time when they could have actually altered the words slightly to be more, are you sure you really want to do this? It's not just because you're the second son. What they actually were using were Austen's words, which makes sense further down. But what seemed to be so soon on the film probably came across as far too forward. Speaking of forward, Mr. Crawford refers to Mariah by her first name and they make out behind the curtain, which, by the way, is very hot. In the book, Mr. Crawford was much more careful. He would not do that. You do not seduce unmarried ladies. They can fall in love with you, that's fine, but you do not touch them. No. If at that moment Sir Thomas had walked in the door... He would have to marry her. He would have to marry her. Mrs. Norris should have been much more circumspect. When Mariah gets married to Mr. Rushworth, Mr. Crawford's still there and they have this moment of eye contact and then he like downs his drink and it makes it look like he's upset she got married. And that's not... Not quite. Not quite correct. I mean, she was all bravado marrying Mr. Rushworth. We did briefly get to see Sir Thomas be concerned about her. But most of this movie, he's kind of a monster. And as you pointed out, he does yell at Fanny 
which in the book he never does. No. In the book, he's very understated in how he expresses his disappointment. He's more of a villain in the movie. He more fits the image of the stern, unapproachable father. He's not a villain. Villain to me has bad intent. Ah, okay. It's a difference. It's a difference to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he has no bad intent. He's just lost control, really, I, he of talk, his family. He talks about how important order control is. When he turns up for the play, I particularly love that he doesn't talk to anyone. He picks up a script, he walks over to the fire, and while looking at them, he throws it in. That is a strong move. It is a very good move. I loved Mr. Rushworth in that because he was all made up and he had these very 18th century, 1700s makeup more of the macaroni style where he was very white face and had these sort of small lips with lipstick and it just looked perfect with his wig of course which is about the time the play was written I think it was about 1760s so I guess they were trying to do yeah. it accurately William turns up I loved the way that he was using the dishes to as ships yes. <laughs> and the salt cellar <laughs> That was really great. And the expressions on their faces. And Mrs. Norris going, oh, no. Yes. How dare we have them in our company? But then the conversation that, you know, Henry talked about him being a hero and everything like that, and Williams straight back and said, there's nothing heroic about what I do. I have a job to do. He does not play on his role. And, like, you could imagine Henry would have been more about... I wondered why when it came to the the ball that became a picnic, in such a short movie, why they devoted some time to William's dance. He does a dance, which is that this is the action that you do on a ship. The hornpipe. He did a hornpipe, yeah. Yeah. Just for a bit of levity, I think. I've written down a few quotes as we go through. Um, One I really enjoyed was not from the book, from the movie. Miss Crawford says to Edmund, you think if you shake me hard enough, something serious will fall out. (laughs) And then follows up with, I'm entirely shallow. Never a true word spoken in jest, I think. When Mr. Crawford proposes to Fanny, he kisses her hand, which is a big thing. And she says to him, I've seen you do all this before. I really like that they bring that out in the movies because she doesn't in the book. But in the book, you've got a lot more time and you see his behaviour through the author's Mm. words. Whereas we haven't seen that except in glimpses. Because it's running along so So fast, so quickly, which I made a note that it's surprising that Miss Crawford says to Mr. Crawford, don't hurt Fanny. She's a nice girl. Because there's no relationship between the two of them that we've seen so far in the film. It could just have been, she's not a girl that knows to play the game. She's not out. Could have been about fairness. She's not up to snuff, whereas the, the other girls have been out. They really ought to know a bit more. She makes a comment after they first meet the Miss Bertrams that you could have tucked each under your arm and taken them both. Yes. He says both. She's like, either. I think he could have quite happily taken both. When Fanny's alone, Mr. Crawford returns to press his suit. But he does look upset. And she says, you look tired. And he tries to kiss her, which is so wrong. But again, her rejection seems to be the thing that pushes him to go and then misbehave because he looks really hurt when he leaves. That is misleading. What you know from the book is the opportunities he was given. He wasn't driven into Mariah's arms from his rejection. He didn't go and seek her out. She was seeking him out, making the opportunities. 
it still boils down to the fact that if he really was truly enamoured and wanted to be the kind of person that Fanny made, he just demonstrated he didn't know her, that he'd take time because he hadn't yet demonstrated that behaviour. He thinks, I get your brother a promotion, you're going to love me, let's go. They could have come back for another season. They're in London for the season. So the season tends to break up come summer and everybody comes back to their country houses. She may well have come back to Mansfield Park after the season and he would have come back and it would have been another opportunity for him. In the book, we know he should have actually been gone for his estate and sorting out his estate. You don't get any of that in There's the movie. There's no mention There's of no his mention estate of his estate. So essentially, he was neglecting his estate duties. Their sister, Mrs. Grant and Dr. Grant, are oh, well, both yeah. gone. They're just staying in a cottage where their mother used to live rather than in the parsonage. It's really different. When Tom comes home, it's lovely that Fanny's there. Both Lady Bertram and Edmund need her mm. and they really lean on her. Even Sir Thomas says that he's being blessed with her and mentions he might be disappointed elsewhere. And then he has a suspicious letter that he burns and then he leaves. And that's interesting because that's the letter that his friend sent. And when we were talking about it in the book, you thought it was like... A bit convenient. A bit convenient. Now... Deus Ex Machina? But in fact, I think here it works because it needed it for the speed at which he reacted. Because it all happens very quickly. Miss Crawford turns up dressed in black. Oh my goodness, yes. How bad taste. To condole about Tom being sick. How bad taste. Sir Thomas turns up on his horse and goes, oh good, you're here. Also, everyone get into the breakfast room and goes... So, Mariah's run off with Mr. Crawford. And there's this look between Mary and Edmund, and Edmund's like, you knew. And then they go and have an argument, and she implies to him that it'll be fine because we can make them marry and then we'll support them. When, you know, Tom dies and you can become... Yes. You can own the house. I don't know, it loses a little bit of the drama that we don't get to see anything. It's difficult because what you don't get is the tension. There's no time to build the tension up, which there is mm. in the book. Because in the book, after Henry Crawford's visit to Portsmouth, you're still thinking, he might win her yet. We wanted him to. You want him to. There's no tension because there's not enough time. So these are big actions, but they're all off stage. We do get to see the build-up of Fanny and Edmund's relationship, which yes. is really lovely because actually in the book, that seems to come a little bit out of yes. nowhere. On her side, at least. Edmund and Fanny are giggling together over the fate of Mrs. Norris and Mariah. Yes. Driving each other insane. That's quite a lovely little. (laughs) He has his arm around her and he gives her this look. But it's not till later. He's sitting reading in the drawing room and she's helping his mother. And he looks up and it's like he's seen her for the first time. And Lady Bertram notices. Yes. She's a nice Lady Bertram. This is a much sharper. Yes. And then at breakfast... She's watching them look at each other. They're making eyes. They're not eye-fucking. They're making eyes at each other. It's different, and it's just gorgeous. And then she sends them off to get lavender so they can be alone in the garden. And Sir Thomas is quite oblivious and saying, but hang on a minute, you've got to go out to town with me, Edmund. (laughs) And Lady Rachel's like, nope, not not what's happening. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Appropriately. They get together in the garden and then their wedding is celebrated in the garden with a waltz. And the wrong sort of waltz too. So you were saying the Viennese waltz is what they were doing? That looks much closer to a Viennese waltz. Which is very much the wrong time period. A few decades early. 
And a kiss, definitely not part of the time period. No, no kissing but in public. I think it stands up quite well for me. Providing, again, as I said, I don't go in expecting it to be like the book. It is enjoyable. It doesn't lean as heavily on the links of the slave trade as the other modern version of it does. But it is mentioned. It is mentioned, and actually, what he talks when he talks about can't excuse slavery, but you can, but you do need order. He is very aware that that's what's lacking in his house when he's not there. It's the order that's gone. And you'll notice that when he goes to talk to Fanny after Mr. Crawford has proposed, he has a walking stick and there is a black man's head on the top of his walking stick. And that felt really dark, foreboding. Plus he's coming up and he's got this stick and you don't normally see him with a stick so it looked like he was going to beat her with it. And then you see when he taps it on the door, it's got a black man's head on it and it just... Oh, it felt bad. Overall, we thought, excellent casting. I did like Tom. Tom had presence in this. It helps that he was hot. Well, yes. <laughs> um, beautiful location, and they really used the hell out of that location. Yes, they and they did include a lot of stuff in quite a short time frame, considering the size of the book. Mm. It did fade to black, so you could see where the adverts were going to be. Because, of course, this was made for TV. I like that you could see the relationships between the characters build. You could see Lady Bertram cared for Fanny. You could see the relationship between Fanny and Edmund build. I wasn't much of a fan of the voiceover at the start that Fanny did. Because also, it didn't continue. I think if you have a voiceover, it sort of needs to continue throughout it to make it cohesive. I'm just trying to think if they could have used a different voice to essentially hurry through what was a lot of the early part of the book, but I'm not sure. But I do know what you mean, because normally when you get a voiceover, you do expect to hear it again later. It is very hard to convey this 10-year-old has been taken from her home to live with her relations, and it does start to feel a bit exposition-y when one of the characters is telling you exactly what's happening Mm. as you see it through the film. But I feel like it That feels a bit awkward, the voiceover. Perhaps if that ended with her having a voiceover. That would have have given a, yes, a sort of a book ending type feel. It'd come back round to the beginning again. That might have worked. Although you could have run into problems because we got to see things that Fanny did not see, particularly the Crawfords. That would have been interesting, though. Little did I know what they were doing. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, we're going to attempt to watch the 1999 movie of Mansfield Park. And that is our talk about the 2007 adaptation of Mansfield Park. My name is Frances Duncan. You can find me at francisduncanwrites.com and on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice Heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!